Hi, everyone. Thank you so much, moderator. I'm Julie from Iowa, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, Before I get started, I just want to pray, you know, say higher power. Can you lead me on this thing and help me to say some words that will help, really help somebody, you know? And by the way, thank you so much for giving me abstinence today and all all these low 14 years, day to time, by the grace of God. Um, uh, right now, my connection is good, and and if it, it, but I have been having some difficulty. So if I get cut off, uh, just uh, know that that's what that is. Okay. So um, I'm compulsive overeater, and I think the problem began way back when I was really even like a toddler, maybe four years old, really, I think. Um, let's see. I grew up in a home which was very um, abusive, of course, but, uh, you know, highly so, but also very neglectful emotionally. I think during my very first year of life, um, as was true for certainly my older brother, I don't know, more than likely my younger brother as well, there was no comfort, there was no love, there was no attention paid whatsoever. And so I think all three of us kids really were, were sort of crying in the wind, as it were, you know. Um, also, before I get to my story, I want, want to mention that um, I'm, abs- my, I'm abstinent 14 years by the grace of God. I only had two slips, thank God. Um, and my abstinence date uh, is uh, December 10th, 2008. Boy, I can't believe it's been 14 years. Um, and I have released 100 pounds. Uh, my top weight was 310. Where I'm at now is just about 200, maybe maybe below even. Um, I, I did get the gastric bypass surgery, but I only lost 30 pounds with that because the problem was not in, you know, uh, the size of my stomach. The problem was the problem between my ears and in my spirit, my soul. And this program of Reader's has been the medicine for me where nothing else worked. The 12 steps, the fellowship. Uh, you know, keep praying and, and showing up with my higher power every single day, several times a day, and mostly um, revolutionizing my idea of what a higher power could be for me. Because I just, I never believed in, in a punishing higher power, surprisingly, even though both my parents are very uh, hostile and, and, and harsh on me, with me. But I always felt, you know, that God was more concerned with more important things, the sky and the weather and, you know, you know, weighty things like how to run the earth and the planets and all. Um, but it wasn't until I came to OA really for the last time, because I tried it a few times, I wasn't ready, you know, to give up the food, you know, really give up the food as my God, you know, um, that I got to a place where... Um, I could choose and, and, and think about really what what, uh, what do I want a higher power to be for me? What did I most need in my life that I did not have? I did not have compassion, kindness, love, tenderness, gentle guidance, gentle guidelines, gentle guidance, you know, uh, a, a higher power or somebody in my life who believed in me implicitly no matter what I did said felt, thought, wanted, or failed at, or succeeded at. I needed somebody who would love me unconditionally. And 
I found that in my higher power. I decided that that's what my higher power was and decided to believe that that was what my higher power was and to rely on that. And so um, to wrap it up with that is that my higher power to me is non-judgmental, non-critical, not there to point out my issues and errors and foibles and mistakes. My parents did enough of that, you know. They they covered that pretty well. They covered that very well. And, and I carry around with me, you know, <laughs> you know, their ad, admonitions, you know, um, in some cases well-meaning, in other cases sadistic, sadly. Anyway, so um, what what was I like um, beforehand? Uh, of course, I was overweight. Um, I didn't really start to become obese or morbidly obese until really like I guess my early 30s I had always had a problem with uh, a food obsession particular foods and you know uh, would stir that up because I had I had you know in in the culture there's just no knowledge or, or like a total ignorance of like that um, you know food food can be so powerful um, but I think really at least since age four, like I mentioned before, that the, that the food was a way for me to comfort myself when mom wasn't there, which mom could be physically there, but just wasn't there for me emotionally. She was sort of my, um, instead of cheering squad, she was my heckling squad, if you like, you know, and, and, and unrelenting, relentless. So comfort, uh, also a way to hide my rage about it and pain about it, sadness, feelings of of anxiety, feelings of failure, feelings of abandonment, self-hatred, because I had all of these feelings towards my mother, right? And all of this, you know, with food in my mouth and down my gullet and into my stomach, I had no conscious awareness of any of these feelings of hatred and sadness and and worthlessness, you know, hatred towards my mother and father, worthlessness um, and self-hatred. There was no awareness of it consciously. So, um, in fact, I became aware when I was in early abstinence that um, I realized that before I ever consciously, they tell us that um, unconsciously is where everything happens, you know, that um, it takes 10 minutes for, you know, the conscious mind is, unconscious mind has made a decision. It takes 10 minutes, right, before the conscious mind is aware that that decision's already been made. So, so it came to me then in early abstinence that I was aware that I would, my unconscious mind was aware of all the hatred, the rage, and the anger. In other words, the spiritual pus, as it were, pardon my expression. Um, and so the food was already in my mouth, you know, and 10 minutes later, you know, it was like, oh, you know, there was no awareness consciously of that, that all those painful feelings, right? And I, I made a conscious decision all my life that whatever pain I felt, hate, rage, and anger, that I guess on some level I turned it in, but also that I would never pass it on. Like, the, you know, we just got through the coronavirus. And we became consciously aware of not passing the virus to, to anyone, right? 
So I had made a decision not to pass it on to others. And so meanwhile, I bent over backwards so that, you know, um, I continue the legacy of picking people who would abuse me or uh, whom, with whom I had no personal boundaries. So uh, to, in a nutshell, I had no boundaries. I, I, I was n- never taught that I would, you know, to have any boundaries, you know, that, that I was worth having boundaries, that, that, that you, don't, you don't do this to Julie, you know, baby Julie, toddler Julie, teenage Julie, whatever, tween Julie, that, that you don't do this, you don't say this. Right. Because I was taught that 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 meant that I was being highly uh, entitled, you know, and how how dare I. And in fact, I think both my parents uh, may may well have been narcissists. Of course, I'm not in a position to diagnose such a thing, but it does appear that they had strong narcissistic traits, you know, based upon their own pain. And this is how they chose chose to deal with it on some level. And, and that probably wasn't even a conscious decision either. So the cruelty was the way to, to cope with life uh, for them, you know, and deeply painful for me, you know, um, in this, I should mention too, I, I don't know why, you know, I'm just following along with what I, what I hear kind of in my ear that God, God whispers to me. I ought to mention, you know, I'm a gay person. I'm a lesbian and always have been new since I was three years old. And, um, you know, when I was five, my mother knew and, 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 and told me, he said, don't make an enemy of me. She said, and then she said, you, you're going to be a lesbian at five, right? She tells me you're going to be a lesbian. I meanwhile, I knew at three and I still remember, you know, the day I figured it out. Um, she says, you're going to be a lesbian. You're going to sleep with every man to prove that you're not and all this. And, and it's all because we have a bad relationship. And at five, she's telling this. And of course, her implication, the way her tone of voice was that it was my fault of a child of five that our relationship was bad, you know. Okay, so I'm able to let that go now um, with, with, with recovery. And so, so um, no boundaries. I was not conscious of my emotions. I was self-destructive um, and, and, and self-destructive eating and so forth. Uh, compo- you know, problems with money um, and uh, just, you know, uh, you, you know, fulfill the role beautifully of the of the black sheep and, you know, uh, the scapegoat, right? So then what happened then? Uh, okay, so I, I should mention also that I have mental health diagnosis, fancy terms, mental health diagnosis. And don't forget, it tells us in our wonderful big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and there's many beautiful literatures out there of AA, OA, and of course, I'm in multiple programs, so we are so lucky these days, I'll tell you. I've been around really since, um, I almost said 1940, since 1980, and uh, there's a beautiful literature that has arisen. It's just amazing. In our big, beautiful book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I, I don't know if it's page 60 or 62, I, I can't quote, but I think it's somewhere where it says how it works. You know, uh, rarely have we seen a person fail who's thoroughly followed our path, and then a paragraph down, I think it mentions about folks with, um, <clears throat> of course, now I'm using him blanking. I'm thinking about severe and persistent mental illness and, and how, um, you know, it isn't a shame and that, that the, really the only impediment to, you know, long-term sobriety, and I'm here to tell you right now, long-term abstinence from food craziness, you know, of all sorts. In my case, um, 
a compulsive grazing, right? You know, 11, eating 11 times a day. You know, I recorded it a few months before I became abstinent. Um, uh, the only impediment would, would have been my inability to be honest, you know, um, you know, to take the pain, to take the shot of, Hey, yeah, I goofed or my thoughts have been deep and dark and painful and hateful. Right. And that, you know, some, some forms of spiritual religious practice tell us, Oh no, 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 you know, let's have your hateful feelings. And you know, so that that's then where the suppression comes in, and then then the food and all like that. No, 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 this is deep shame. And meanwhile, I'm here to tell you that I gave myself permission a long time ago, and this really helped save my sanity, to give myself the permission to have the full range, the full rainbow of human emo- human emotions, so that I no longer lie to myself. See that that's the that's the key. If I'm no longer lying to myself, right? Then I can change my behavior. I can develop compassion for myself, which isn't an out, right? But actually by, by treating myself with compassion and other people with compassion rather than judgment within a narrow scope of, hey, this is how you get to behave. Otherwise, you're no good and I'm not going to associate with you, is that, <clears throat> is that um I get out of my dysfunctional behaviors much faster. I accept the helping hand of a loving higher power and his, his miracles, you know, uh, much faster. You know, um, sometimes my, my higher power is female, you know, depending, you know, on what he, she, say, it thinks I need or what I think I need, you know. Anyway, the point is that the, the, the compassion, the idea being is that um, now with, um, 100 pounds gone, and it isn't just the weight. It's that, you know, I came here out of desperation to lose weight. But what I have found is that the problem goes way, way much deeper. And and what I found out that is I'm worth way, way much more of uh, of the real gifts of this program, which is, hey, I get to have boundaries. I get to tell people, okay, now back off now. No, 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 no. Um, and if they ignore it first, second, third, fourth time, I repeat it. I don't take it. I don't have to take it personally. I don't. I don't have to say, hey, you know, um, they must be right because they're shouting the loudest, or or they're being the meanest, or they're being the most authoritarian, or most par- critically parental. You know, what I have today is um, I have the chance. I'm beginning to feel, you know, after 14, my recovery has been slow. They, they tell us we wish a long, slow recovery because some, I've seen. I had a sponsee who got it very quickly. Uh, left and it came back, it came, you know, the weight all came back again. Anyway, the point what I'm trying to say, focusing on myself, is that um, compassion goes hand in hand with joy in life. Feeling pleasure at just simple, oh my God, the beautiful day that we had today here in Iowa. Oh my Lord. Just, I haven't gone out yet, you know, and through the window, I've just got this apartment oh, eight, eight, nine weeks ago. It's got carpeting on the floor. I got, I got two rooms. I mean, I've got a bedroom and a living room. You know, oh my, my neighbors. Uh, one of them was noisy. I asked them, you know, in a nice way. I was choking on it to, to be, to, 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 if they could be a little, a little quieter. And don't you know? Guess what? That person is being quieter. You know, and I said, oh my lord. 
um, across the hall from me is a very nice person who's trying to, you know, be friends with me. And that's choking me because I'm having a hard, I think my the, the most difficult is to let in the love, right? Because it means I have to trust that somebody is bigger, smarter, kinder, and I have to trust it. Gentle reminder. Me. Ah, thank you so much, timekeeper. Thank you so much. Oh, we have so many beautiful people on this program, these meetings. Thank you, God. So with that, um, like I said, I wasn't sure I'd be able to share tonight on account of you know, connection difficulties, but somehow God's kept the connection going. It's wonderful. So here's the deal. Um, I get to experience the full range of emotions, okay, from hatred to love to passion to awe to just plain compassion and kindness towards myself. And when I, when I need to set boundaries, I don't need to do it in a way that's hostile, that, that's like, you know, throwing nails at people with a nail gun. Do you know what I'm saying? I can do it with kindness and, and compassion. And as I say, um, uh, my, my, my mental illness makes it very difficult for me, almost impossible for me to do any other kinds of service on these meetings. So whenever I'm asked, I'm like Johnny on the spot, you know, or if there's some way, some other way that I can be on a meeting and I'll, I'll, you know, do the 12 step, whatever little service I can get away with doing, I try to do that, you know, uh, because it's a pleasure, you know, pass along to people. I think the greatest gift that any of us in this program can give to the newcomer is our own abstinence and our own joy. And I will say that my very first sponsor back in 1980, said to me, even before I was in, in any program, she said to me, she, she was sober in AA seven years already, beautiful examples on selfish love and be able to give boundaries loving. She said, in AA we say, we are sober. We are not somber. And thank you very much, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, all aboard the meeting for letting me share. I'm Julie from Iowa. Thank you so much for letting me share. I'm going to leave my number on the recording. Uh, my number in Central Standard Time is in Iowa is 718-290-3660. And you all have a beautiful night. I pass.